0: Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. I am Chad Ozy, and I am joined as always by Jeff Cross. And we are here to take a look at life and leadership and legacy through the lens of sports officiating And uh, we're looking forward to spending a little time together today. And while we're doing that, if you would do us a huge favor, uh, take your phone uh, or your computer or whatever device you happen to be listening to us on right now and uh, leave us a review, give us a rating five star if possible, uh, just out of the kindness of your heart that helps us out and uh, gives us a, a reminder and boost that you're out there listening. And we greatly appreciate it. Also, as you're listening today, if you have any questions or thoughts uh, shoot us an email at uncommon drive podcast at gmail.com Jeff how are we doing today
0: I'm very very good I uh, uh, ready for summer to kick off here so we're uh, when we're recording this we're just uh, short of uh, Memorial Day so that's always a sure sign that summer is here get your pools ready I don't have a pool <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's so really it's, easy to get ready it's pretty easy I'm pretty <laughs> I'm almost done I'm almost done um but uh doesn't mean I won't be visiting friends with pools <laughs> and friends with boats. that's my thing right now. <laughs> I actually did some fishing uh this week. Oh really? yeah, you know i, I'm, I don't, are you a fisher? I do enjoy fishing yeah, I, I enjoy it too. um caught zero, you mm-hmm. know, but it ten, turned a little windy and cold throughout the day, and um typically. You know, I maybe go out and spend a few bucks on maybe a new pole or a new rod and reel every year, you know, and I bought, there was a couple of them that were on sale and I bought two and I took uh, Gina out to go fishing with me. It was great. You know, I'm like, we're going to go to a pond, got some minnows, his life's going to be good. We get it all set up. Of course, when you go fishing, not everyone's like this, but when you go fishing with my wife, you know, you have to put the hook on, the sinker on, the bobber on, the bait on, <laughs> you know, all the things she's there is forecasting and reeling. Uh, so I uh, did that and got her all set up. She cast hers out, whatever. Then I go set my pole up, I cast it out and I go to reel it back in. Cause it, I don't know, whatever, it wasn't in the right spot or I wanted to redo it. As I'm reeling it in, the nut comes off the, the crank. Oh no. And it falls in the bottom of the pond. And I'm like, ah, oh, jeez, you know? <laughs> so now I don't have this, I got this brand new rod and reel that I can't use and, um, I mean, I can't use the reel anyway, and you know my my whole goal is to go fishing with my wife. I like she's mm-hmm. like, oh, you could just use mine, you know. I'll just you know do whatever. I'm like, well, that wasn't part of the plan at all. So <laughs> um, I did do some fishing, caught zero fish, had a good time with my wife. She took pictures of baby uh, what is it? goslings, goslings, yeah, yeah. goslings. She loves taking pictures of baby goslings, and so she was able to do that. And I just drowned some minnows is all I did. So it was a lot <laughs> of fun. So that's what I love about summer like that.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, for those of us in the Midwest, it feels like we totally skipped spring.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You
2: know, we went from winter to summer and there wasn't a whole lot in between. Uh, I was on a baseball field yesterday. I was working a minor league game and uh, our... Plate umpire was in short sleeves and the two base umpires were in jackets mm. with multiple layers underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because of that particular field and kind of how the wind blows and where the windbreak is and everything. hey we're looking at each other and it's kinda of like, is this is it is it ever really gonna be summer? Is it ever <laughs> really gonna be that? Yeah. We're back at the same place today. It's a three day series and they're calling for rain all day and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I'm like, Yep, and it's just just one after another it's that's gonna just be miserable. how it works
0: that's right I, I i enjoy going out into the heat mm-hmm. you know what i mean I, doesn't the cold doesn't bother me either but when it's like sticky and you know you can just feel the heat coming around you i enjoy that i enjoy that so much that like you know i'll even wear a long sleeve shirt with shorts cuz mm-hmm. i en- just enjoy that that type of Um, heat that warmth I guess so
2: well I absolutely hate being cold Mm. um, which then people go why in the world do you live where you live because it's cold a lot Uh, but I hate being cold Uh, hot I don't mind I would prefer for it to always be 78 and sunny but if it was 78 and sunny 365 days a year where we live I couldn't afford to live here Mm. Uh, because I've been to places that are and I can't afford to live there so uh, Mm. that's kind of the way I put that Uh, But uh, I would much rather be too warm than too cold, as my uh, conference tournament crew would tell you. Uh, We put on thermal jackets one night when everybody else was laughing at us, but I was warm and cozy and everything was great. (laughs) Uh, It was awesome. You know what? Speaking of baseball, Jeff, you've got kind of a fun little development going on with you right now. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to give us a lot of information over the next several weeks to share with our podcast crew as you look at things from from a, a new perspective again. Uh, but uh, but why don't you share with everybody what's going on with you?
0: I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You've never heard those words come out of Jeff Cross's mouth uh, before. I'm not really
0: scared. I'm excited. Um, I've, you know, I've officially tried, i officially moving back into umpiring uh, baseball. Nice. Um, only at, uh, I don't want to be, you know, some youth league umpire. Sure. You know, I, I don't, I really don't even want to umpire that much in the summertime. Um, I want to umpire in the spring as much mm-hmm. as possible. Kind of uh, kind of scenario. It is. Uh, it was. A couple months of thinking it through. Is this something I want to do? And I've always enjoyed umpiring baseball. Mm-hmm. And I think I've even said before in the past, if you put, I love watching the game of of baseball so much. Mm-hmm. I love the game of baseball compared to loving the game of basketball. But I love refereeing basketball probably more than I like umpiring baseball. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't like umpiring baseball, but I just think if that's it's it's weird how I like the game of baseball more than I like the game of basketball. But it's different when it comes to officiating. So, um, yeah, I you know I went off and went online. Uh, I guess it would be last week. You mm-hmm. know, of course. Chad's such a gracious friend. I'm like, okay, dude, I'm I'm gonna get, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back into it. I still had all my old gear from, you know, I'm guessing, 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. still in a suitcase, Um, but it's a little outdated. So I decided I'm gonna get all, you know, new stuff. And I'm like, okay, Chad, give me the list of what's the newest and coolest, you know, things (laughs) to have. And I'm like, you know, I'm basically like a, a, a. a 25 year old woman on Amazon. Now I'm just clicking and buying add to cart, add to cart. I I probably shouldn't have said that my fault. Chad's like, Oh great. Here we go. We just lost subscribers. Anyway, I'm like a person that is addicted to Amazon and I'm adding to cart, adding to cart, adding to cart. Um, So I'm saying it that way because it seems like every other day there's a package on my front porch Mm -hmm. that says Gina on it. It doesn't say Jeff. (laughs) It says Gina. So I finally got a package. There you go. A big old box with shin guards and chest protectors and face masks and pants and shirts and jackets and all the stuff. So uh, fast forward, uh, minus whatever You know, a thousand dollars or so. (laughs) I'm ready to start umpiring again. Now all I got to do is get some games. So yeah, I'm super excited to be stepping on the field um, in a few weeks. Really. Yeah,
2: yeah. Actually, next week. Next week, first up, right?
0: May uh, June second. Yeah, there is a June second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. June June second hits the
2: field, so that's coming up quick. That'll be uh, that'll be a week from tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh oh. (laughs) It just became real for Jeff right there. Just became very, very real. You
0: know, and I'm working with you, right, Chad? Are you on that game? Yes, we are on that game together. There's a good chance I'll just be out there giggling having a good time on the bases. (laughs) I'll call somebody out and I'll look at Chad and smiles. Ah, I still got it, brother.
2: (laughs) What Jeff doesn't know is that I'm going to conveniently leave my plate gear at home that day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) I I won't even have the straps adjusted on my new plate gear. So it might matter about bringing it. So.
2: <laughs> that's good stuff. We, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that a lot of people can identify with is what is it like to to start something new? And and obviously, this is something that Jeff used to do and used to do at a very high level. But anytime you come back to something, that's a very different feeling. Um, you know, there's the question of, can I do it as well as I used to, you know, what's changed what's different obviously there are rules in place that are different there are even mechanics and things that are are different than the last time Jeff did that and we're talking about somebody who is you know highly successful and, and officiates at a very high level in in one sport mm-hmm. uh, there are people that would would absolutely love to be where you're at in your basketball officiating career and I think it takes a, a ton of humility, to be able to say, you know what, I'm I'm gonna go back into this other world mm-hmm. because you won't be at that level in that other world. Nope. You know, and, and you're you're kind of saying, you know what, I, I know I'm coming back in from the bottom up, and I know I may not know as much as everybody else and all that kind of stuff, but this is something I wanna do. This is something I, I'm passionate about the game, this mm-hmm. is a way I can be involved in the game and all that kind of thing. And I think that is uh, it, it's really significant. I, I think it's good for us to to see that and hear that. So let me just ask you this. What are the things that you think are going to be the biggest challenge for you stepping back into the game?
0: Well, you know, the biggest challenge is it's been a long time since I've been a rookie.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's been a long time. That's, that's going to be a challenge for me. Um, In basketball, people are, you know, looking to me for guidance. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have to be able to say, okay, now I'm trying to find guidance. Yeah. Um, it it I'm looking forward to that that um, that opportunity to be able to find guidance and see how I have sought out guidance and how I received it and how people were giving it to me. So maybe I can take that into my basketball game. And say you know what i I saw this maybe I can implement um this way to reach out to someone or or reach out you know a, a talk to a younger basketball official and say you know it doesn't hurt just to ask these questions wherever I be so that's to me the most exciting part besides the fact you know as we were saying at the very beginning of the podcast, you know uh, hot weather seventy five all the time, mm-hmm. one of the things I love about living in the Midwest is the change of the season mm-hmm and i'm i'm loving the change of the season. Mm-hmm. So forget about the weather. Now i'm going to say okay, now i'm done refereeing basketball and i'm going to have that change of season to go umpire baseball. I i mean i'm kind of i'm juiced up about it in 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 a very excited way while being nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if that makes sense because I don't know, you know, I find myself thinking, wait a second, can you, we you know, what's the force play rule? You know, yeah. who's watching the force play rule? What's the proper angle at first base when we have runners, you know, you know, all those things, you know, I, I remember distinctly back in the day, one of the most difficult things for me as a base umpire in a two man crew was trying to handle the double play situation,
3: mm-hmm.
0: trying to get a good look at both of those plays. And, I, and I'm thinking, what's that going to be like? For, has that gotten any better or worse for me? You know, mm-hmm. those kind of things. So uh, I, I'm really excited and um, tr- tr- try to be as as much of a sponge as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what I'm going to love most is for the fact that I, am because I, I love learning. Sure. Is getting a chance to learn some things that, you know, either I thought I knew or the things that have changed, and it, it just feels good. It feels good to be a freshman.
2: Yeah, that's kind of neat. And I, I do think that's going to be phenomenal to what you do on the basketball court because as, as you get, quote, rookies, mm-hmm. you know, jumping on your crew, being at your camps, mm-hmm. being, you know, things like that where you're at, you're now going to have a, a more – close connection you've always been very good at working with newer officials but you're gonna have even more empathy now Mm -hmm. for what they're going through and what they're seeing and and how people are communicating with them and all that and i I think it's really exciting i think it's gonna be fun on the podcast Mm. um that we're definitely getting some content i'm sure there's i'm sure there's gonna be some stories come (laughs) out of this Uh, but also um you know it's it's just a reminder for all of us that uh there's always new things to learn there's mm-hmm. there's always new stuff to grab whether we've been doing this a long time a short time whether we're trying something new um you know we we've talked about it over and over and over there is a massive official shortage mm-hmm. around us mm-hmm. and it's uh it's not just at the high school level or travel level but it slides into the collegiate level um if you just asked coordinators, are there enough people to, to officiate your sport? Well, the first answer is yes. And then there's a but that comes after it. Okay. Right? <laughs> it, because the answer is yes. There, there's enough college umpires out there to cover college baseball games. There's enough college basketball officials out there to cover college basketball games. But what used to happen was if you were a college basketball official, that was working a Friday night, you know, boys varsity high school game because you didn't have a college game that night. And your college assigner called you up and said, hey, I need you on this college game. The answer was always, yep, Mm -hmm. before you'd even talk to that high school official, right? Well, there are some officials that in the current officiating climate have a harder time just saying yep, because they know there's not a high school person to take their spot on that Friday night game. Um, and so the the loss of more high school level officials has made it more difficult for college level officials to fill spots on college level games, mm-hmm. especially at the last minute. We see it a ton in baseball, uh, far more than basketball right now, because the the shortage right now, at least according to the statistics that the National Federation of High Schools is putting out, is that the shortage is much greater on the baseball side right now than it is in basketball. But it wouldn't surprise me if those numbers continue to go in that negative direction. You know, we've seen, we've all seen the videos of people getting, you know, accosted after a game, of people getting hurt, fans coming after them verbally, physically, all that kind of stuff. And, and I kind of thought, you know what, a lot of this is getting some national press, uh, there was the the softball umpire, you know, and they put her on Good Morning America mm-hmm. and Today and all these. I thought, man, maybe, you know, maybe it's how horrible that that she was assaulted like that. And that's the right word. It was mm-hmm. assault, okay? How horrible that she was assaulted. But maybe the good that would come out of it is that somebody else wouldn't be because now it's going to raise our national consciousness on this. Mm. And, you know... Local groups are going to monitor this more closely. High school groups are going to monitor this more closely. Collegiate groups, you know, all the way, all the way up. We're we're gonna do a better job with this. It is Wednesday when we are recording this. Mm-hmm. I have received in my inbox this week, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. five videos of officials being attacked.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so e- even though this stuff is beginning to get some more national presence, it's still not stopping it. Um, and so for those of us that that are involved in officiating and love it, there's going to be a push to pick up a second sport mm-hmm. or a third sport. Um, and maybe not at the same level as what our primary sport is, mm-hmm. um, but you know, there's going to be a push for that. And I think a lot of that, to, to go in and do that, I think one of the reasons that people struggle with that idea is, well... But I, I do this other sport at such a high level. I, I don't know that I want to go be the rookie yeah. someplace else. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's I think it's really amazing that that's something you're willing to take on.
0: Yeah, I think if, if if we can just get... Because let's face it, if you're an officiating one sport, you can probably do another. Sure. Maybe even two others. Mm-hmm. The question is whether or not you want to or not, because it can be very demanding. Sure. Sure. Um, if we can get guys and gals to say, you know what, I, I'm i I'm really good at umpiring softball. I'm really good at it. I'm going to try my hand at basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try my hand at soccer. That will help us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just last night after our sports awards, one of my baseball, senior baseball players, you know, as soon as he got down, he he bolted out of there. I'm like, well, you know, where'd he go? I said, oh, he had to go umpire a game. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I went home and picked up my wife and said, hey, you know, so-and-so is going to go umpire game. Let's go watch him. And we went and watched him. We didn't, you know, we just talked. We're behind the backstop going, you go get him umpire. You know what I mean? We were just there. That's all. Just there. And it was a blowout of a game. It wasn't a big deal. He wasn't looking for feedback. He wasn't looking for, you know, did I do it right? You know, should I change this or whatever it was? It just felt good for him when he come off the field that he had some friends there. Yep. You know, oh his mom and dad and they, you know, it was, you know, past dinner time, they had picked up dinner for themselves, so they had had dinner for him.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, so
0: he kind of, you know, munched on his food and talked to us and you know, just talked about a few little things. It wasn't even really baseball related or even umpire related. But those are things we can do. To help young high school umpires go, you know, let's just go out and watch Mm -hmm. and, you know, pick up a lawn chair or visit with whatever and hang out by the the pickup truck on the tailgate and just watch the game. That I can't speak for this young man, Mm -hmm. but I felt like that had to feel good to know that his friends and family were there just watching in general.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think we see this on the basketball side as well. You know, it used to be, if you were a a high school varsity basketball official, Mm, mm -hmm. you know, that the the ones that really cared about pouring into the next generation of officials, instead of showing up, you know, 30 minutes before their varsity game, they'd show up in the second quarter of the sophomore game or JV game, you know, before theirs, Mm -hmm. and they'd watch, and they'd Mm -hmm. walk into the locker room and talk with the guys at halftime, and they would do things like that. Well, in our current shortage... That's more difficult because sometimes crews are being asked to work both of those games. You know, they they aren't having that interaction. So you have to be more intentional with it. Mm -hmm. And so it might be, there's a Saturday morning freshman, a B game, you know, at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and, and you don't have a game till Saturday night and you swing by that gym and you just go in and and you watch it. And, and maybe you work it out to where you can you know, say hi to them before the game starts or in between halves or whatever. But again, like you said, not necessarily even just to give them a critique, but just to let them know that other officials are cheering them on. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, it may be at your next association meeting or somebody picks up a phone and shoots a text or a call because they they know you were connected and you cared now when they do have that question Mm -hmm. when they now you're the one they reach out to Mm -hmm. because they saw an interest that was there and and it takes a little bit of work you know it takes calling your local assigner whether you're a college official high school official whatever and saying hey do you have somebody new working near me right now um a lot of people out there uh know the name nicholas cicero sure uh nick long time uh college basketball official um and, and just a, a generally great guy. Like, I would agree. He's the kind of guy that when you walk away from a conversation with him, you feel better about life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's he's a he's a positive guy. He's like an it's encouraging okay. guy. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 a good good dude. And uh, one of uh, one of my college basketball assigners this last year, uh, N- Nick stepped away from the court. Mm-hmm. But so one of one of my assigners asked Nick to go evaluate some games and the funny thing was if if nick was at your game and i heard this from lots of people when nick was at your game you didn't feel like you were there to be critiqued you felt like he was there to help you hmm. and i'm like man that's a big difference yeah feeling like somebody's sitting there with a checklist mm-hmm. are you checking all the boxes or how can i help you tonight yeah how can I make things better for you the next time you get on the court? What is it that I could see that could, could help change or tweak or whatever? Um, and again, you know, I think, you know, a, an official stepping into another sport or doing something like that, it just gives us a greater perspective on what that might be like.
0: I wonder how Nick pulled that off. You know, how, what did he do? Or not just Nick, that's just who we're speaking about. Sure. You know, how did he give off that vibe that that feeling where you didn't feel like you were being critiqued, you just feel like there was someone there just to help you.
3: Mm-hmm. I wonder
0: how that happened. It, it'd be interesting to see how he got to that point. My guess is his 9-to-5 job
3: mm-hmm.
0: helped him to be part of that. My guess is he probably was influenced by someone younger or someone in his younger officiating career that did gave off that vibe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to – because he enjoyed that. So – it just, it would be interesting to, you know, get to the bottom of that and see, because I know, right. There's, there's some people, you know, they come as evaluators and you feel like you're being, I mean, graded as oh, yeah. the teacher. Well, and I mean, that's what and we And sometimes do. we are. But yeah, we are. We are being graded. Yep. I mean, that that's, that's, just the nature of, you know, every time we walk on the floor of the field or what we, we are trying to pass the test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And sometimes we just pass the test. We don't. We don't receive high honors, you know, sure. and um, that is uh, some of that can be just from the officials on the floor mm-hmm. or the umpires on the field is that they never did well when they knew they were being mm. tested. Yep. You know, when you're being tested in a classroom, you're like, yeah, I just don't do very well. Even, even though every homework assignment you have has straight A's. Now you come time to be tested, you just don't do very well. So I wonder, a little bit of that can can mix between evaluator and uh, student, I guess we'll call them. You know, sure. You know, we're going into camp this summer, I, I mean, I'm be a clinician in a few camps and that might be a question I ask. Do you feel like you're being evaluated or do you feel like I'm here to help? Mm. You know? And, and I want to know why you're getting those feelings.
2: No, that's good. And, uh, you know, I had a, a really unique opportunity this last weekend, um, I I got the opportunity to go work some some postseason baseball.
0: Okay, stop and, underselling it. Well, say it. What happened? I, I or you sh- want me to say it? No, I, okay. I
2: I had a chance to go work at uh, NCAA regional. First ever. First ever. Yep, at the D three level. I've been an alternate in the past. This is my first full regional to get to go work, and uh, it was kind of fun. It was a entire crew of people from our general area. That doesn't always happen. Uh, and we had to drive a long way away. We were like nine hours away to go work our regional. We were just under the mileage cap, where the NCAA had to fly us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we 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 got together with some guys at some other regionals. We were talking back and forth through text. We're like, we're fairly certain that the NCAA was like, hmm, how exhausting can we make them before they start without us having to shell out money for That's a plane right. ticket, you That's know? Right. <clears throat> but uh, but in some ways that was even good. We. Uh, uh, we kind of carpooled together mm-hmm. um so that uh you know people weren't making the trip by themselves there was one guy unfortunately that came from uh extreme western illinois and uh he had to make that drive across by himself cuz he wasn't by anybody else to kind of link up and do that and the the other thing it's a little bit more difficult about um traveling together is baseball umpires versus basketball officials. You know, basketball officials, we've all got like that one carry-on size bag. Yeah. You know, we can just throw in, you know, and it's nobody. There's plenty of room in the trunk. You know, you could have four or five <laughs> basketball officials traveling together and right. no big deal. Well, shoot, baseball guys. Ugh. We had big massive equipment bag you yeah. got your suitcase for the week yeah. you got your backpack with your computer mm-hmm. and everything in it it's like yeah you know you need an suv just for two people to travel right together. I, I think you're you're, you're exactly right <laughs> you know go ahead yeah that is. so uh so you know we we traveled together and uh and, and that was good because we could we could talk baseball on the way there and back or just talk life and and all that which was which was really great but um we saw we saw some really good baseball uh, we had we had great games especially the first three games of the regional I mean they were you know one- run games mm-hmm. I mean it was and <clears throat> we had great teams um, our our coaches were great to deal with um, i I think as a crew we had good communication skills and things that helped that obviously but uh, even in moments that could have been kind of tense uh, we're not but it was really interesting, so the very first game of the of the regional, I'm U3. For those of you that aren't baseball people, that means I'm the umpire at third base. Uh, we were doing something a little different this year than in the past. In the past, it was always four-person mechanics for the entire regional. Um, this year, uh, they went uh, three-person mechanics uh, for everything except the championship and the if necessary game. Uh, so we're working a three-man crew. I'm at third base and we have runners on first and second <clears throat> so i'm inside that means i'm i'm in between where the the pitcher and the shortstop are kind of on the infield and we had a we had a ball hit to left center field and that's my responsibility there in a three man crew and i'm supposed to watch it and this kid comes across and makes a spectacular i mean spectacular diving catch and I am watching that ball all the way in. And he slides, makes this backhanded catch. And I'm like, oh, that's I'm, like I there's no way I thought that was gonna be a catch. And I watch it and I watch it, and he hasn't come up yet. And he goes to lift his glove up to show me the ball, and I see the ball squirt out on the ground as he lifts the glove up. So in baseball, that means we don't have voluntary release. Mm-hmm. It's not a catch. And so I give the safe signal like two, three times. You know, I'm making sure everybody because everybody went from thinking this is a definite hit to now thinking it's a definite catch mm-hmm. to now what in the world is it, you yeah. know, and I make the call and I mean, here we are. I mean, this is, I think it was like the second inning, you know, of the entire regional. I'm like, I really hope I saw what I thought I saw. And of course, after everything happens now, a couple runs score, I mean, all sorts of chaos and craziness. And so the coach comes out, you know, to have a conversation. And so he comes over to the sideline and, uh, third baseline, I go over there to meet him. That's our protocol now in baseball. And uh, he asked, you know, what I had basically, and I told him. I said, I man, I I saw him make a spectacular catch, but I said I, I didn't have voluntary release, so I can't I can't you know call that a an out. You know, yes, I know he had the ball in his glove, but it didn't stay there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, he's like, he held the ball up for you to see it. I said, um, he he definitely held the ball up. Can you can you get together with your crew and just see? Man, we are early in the in the tournament. Absolutely. Yes. We will get together and talk, you know? And mm-hmm. so I said, yep. My uh my plate umpire reminded the coach that he needed to go back to the dugout while we had our conversation. And so he did that and we got together and uh, obviously the the other guys didn't have the same angle that that I did um, and responsibilities that they had for different things. But uh, at least one of the other umpires confirmed that they felt that what I saw was what happened. And so, um, you know, the play stands the way it was called and everything. But yet for the next six innings in the back of my head, Mm. it's like, man, I really hope (laughs) like I really, I mean, you know how it is. I'm like, you can be so Mm -hmm. positive in the moment Mm -hmm. But mm-hmm. then as you walk through it you just begin to question yourself and especially when somebody comes out and is so confident that something else happened. I mean mm-hmm. that coach was absolutely confident and wasn't arrogant about it. Was I mean he handled himself like an absolute professional. Mm-hmm. You know, no issue whatsoever. And so um we're we're getting a little bit later in the game and um the the player is that, that I made that call about is warming up near me in the outfield. And uh, he just, you know, he made a little comment to me about something like it, it in a nice way. You know I mean? It wasn't even about that play or anything. And I'm like, you're, you're the guy that made that incredible catch that then, you know, I had to jack up. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I just tried to be funny. You know, I, again, we've talked on this podcast that it's nice for, players to see us as human and, you know, have interaction with this and all. And and we have to be really careful about that in NCAA baseball because they really don't want us talking a lot. They they want us being a little bit more reserved. But it was a situation where I could kind of do that without without it being super noticeable or anything. And so I just, uh, I, I kind of said that. He's like, you got to explain that rule to me. You know, I mean, yeah, like and, and not in like a, a mean way, but like he really wanted to know. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, instead of that, I said... Tell me if what I saw is what happened. I said, I saw you come blazing across there with the afterburners going, make an incredible diving backhanded catch to your right. But when you went to hold the ball up to show me the ball, the ball came out of your glove. He said, that's exactly what happened. I said, Okay all of a sudden i breathe this big huge
3: sigh of relief
2: <laughs> <laughs> within me you know because regardless of what it looks like on video or whatever like the player has just admitted to me that yeah. we are good mm-hmm. you know right and uh and so uh i just said well you know you, you got to have voluntary release on that and and all and he, he just you know he kind of chuckled about it or whatever he's like hey man i get it you know and I was impressed you stayed with it that long to, to see there was a, you know, there was a pause or whatever. So it was neat. So we come in afterwards, after the game, uh, the crew chief for the weekend is immediately at me. And he's like, you got it right. Like we were on video. We saw the other guy picked it up, you know, the whole bit, you know, kudos on staying with that. Oh, by the way, there was a can of corn later that you didn't stay with for the voluntary release you know so reminded me that it's not just the big ones i gotta stay with that on i gotta yeah. stay with that on all of them that's right so i yeah. definitely didn't do everything right um but we did that the very next day uh the pitching coach for that same team where we dressed was also the uh the offices for the coaches and they did a really good job of keeping it separated for us but occasionally they would need to duck into one part of it just to change or whatever mm. and Um, I was kind of coming out as he was coming in. He goes, Hey, by the way, I really hate to admit this, but you got that call right yesterday, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, what was interesting is, I mean, that could have set me up for a really tough weekend. If I had gotten that one wrong, Mm -hmm. that would have been tough to overcome over the whole weekend. You know, I was fortunate enough that I made the correct call. So now it set me up with confidence, for the weekend, Mm -hmm. you know, which was, which was a big deal. Um, But one of the things that, that happened to me over the weekend, and I I would love to get your take on this. So we're, we're at regionals and some of you may have seen, there was a play where there was a collision between a runner and an umpire. And at that collision, um, it caused that runner to then be delayed going into second still tried to advance to second, was thrown out at second, and then everything came unglued because the coach was furious because this has happened. That's why his runner is out. He wants umpire interference. That's not umpire interference. There's only two times we have that, uh, and that's not one of them. And uh, it, was a, it was a really tough situation. Um, a lot of people could say the umpire was in the wrong spot. I doubt that the umpire in that situation would argue with that. It was not the best spot for them to be in in that moment. Um, also, by rule, umpires are part of the field. Mm-hmm. You collide with us. You collide with us. You know, uh, and and it's a tough thing. But what was interesting is the response that happened afterwards. You know, we 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 could take my play. If if I gotten that one wrong and I looked bad from the beginning, you know. There would have been lots of people commenting. You know, that was, I mean, that, that was a call that potentially could have cost the game. We were in a one run game and that's two runs that just come in to score. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this situation there are lots of people that commented. You know, why is it you think that we as officials, I'll use this term, like to pile on
3: mm-hmm.
2: whenever an, an official either makes a mistake, struggles with something, whatever that might be. Why do you think it is that we as officials like to to pile on?
0: Well, I think it's just human nature. Okay. I think it's just human nature. It's not, you know, we're, we're talking about officials and we're talking about umpires and things like that. But I think adults in general love to pile on. If we're looking at our nine to five job and someone doesn't do the Excel sheet right, all their coworkers are piling on. Because they just that's how people like to make themselves feel better is seeing how other ones messed up. So now guess what? When when Chad Ozzy messes up and Jeff Cross sees it, that means Jeff Cross doesn't have to work any harder. I just need you to fail to make me look better.
3: Mm.
0: So that's what's happening. The 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 way we're looking at things now in a, in a sense to where we're not hoping for the best for everyone out there. We're only thing we're hoping for is that you don't do as good as I do. Mm. So when that happens, I can capitalize on it. So when you make a mistake, whatever that is, I can capitalize on it. And go, I didn't make that mistake. Even though you've made, I've made a hundred more mistakes, just maybe not under that, that microscope, this person makes that mistake, and now we can pile on, as you call it, and we can just make ourselves look better. And that's what we're doing. That's it. That's that's how it is. It's it's how it is. I mean, we to- spoke a little bit about this earlier, but you know, if we look at if we look at a baseball team and the starting shortstop makes an error, mm-hmm. you don't think the backup shortstop on the bench going. <laughs> I think that kid ain't no good. Mm-hmm. I could have made that play. That's what, the, that's what everyone's doing. It's kind of how nature has evolved, I guess. Or I, You know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably speaking out of turn here, but it's just how everyone wants to see people fail so they look better. Instead of when we see that shortstop make the error, the backup shortstop, you know, you can encourage, you can not say anything. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want to do. But really what I think they should be doing is in practice, hey, I want to take a few more ground balls of the hole because mm-hmm. I saw the person, you know, my, my counterpart or whatever, my uh, my my teammate make that mistake. So if coach needs me, I want to be able to make this play. I want to be able to make this play. Or maybe even even better, ask your teammate, hey, let's take these ground balls with the hole. Let's, let's spend an extra 30 minutes here so we can be better at that play. But that requires work. Mm-hmm. For me to sit back in my easy chair and point the finger at someone who didn't do it the way it, the mistake they made, it's just easier. It's just easier. Uh, you know, hand me another, you know, give me another beer. I'm going to sit back and complain about this person. So I don't have a whole lot of respect for those people.
2: Well, and and I think we we do see it, you know, and, and here's the difference. I, I think you know we we talk all the time about our desire to be uncommon, right? Yep. The common response is, "All oh, they screwed up. Mm-hmm. I should have been on that tournament, not them." Mm-hmm. The shortstop screwed up. I should have been starting, not him. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas the uncommon response is, "The guy who made the mistake." Is recognized as better than me. Mm-hmm. Either way, right? Shortstop, yeah. umpire, whatever, right? Yep. That person is recognized as better than me, and yet they still make mistakes.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
2: I need to work harder mm-hmm. so that I don't potentially make those same mistakes. Yeah. You know, I need to set myself up. I I remember we used to to joke on the high school basketball team about guys that were jockeying for position, right? And I had a coach that was, was really great. And he said, well, you know, there's, there's a couple different ways that, that you can move into a starting spot on the basketball team. He said, way number one is the one that we think of the most. Somebody can get injured. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if the starting power forward gets injured and you're his backup, guess who the new starting power forward is? <laughs> it's you. Yeah. But you didn't do anything to get better to put you in that spot. It just happens that that took place. Mm -hmm. You know what? That happened to a lot of us as officials during COVID. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We didn't necessarily get any better, but we got opportunities because somebody else had COVID.
0: That's right. Somebody got sick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know,
2: and so we said, so I I think we can identify with that. Mm -hmm. He said the second way that you, that you can gain a spot is somebody else. They diminish in their abilities. So, starting power forward at the beginning of the season was doing a great job rebounding. They were making great passes. They were playing awesome defense. Well, as the year goes on, they're not rebounding as well. They're hogging the ball too much and not passing. The guy they've been defending is consistently scoring, whatever. Again, you didn't get any better, but because they diminished, now, you get an opportunity. Mm. Right. So again, you didn't do anything wrong, mm-hmm. right? But you're getting the opportunity because somebody else diminished. And that's the one where we want to point the fingers, right? Mm-hmm. We we want to say, oh look, they're diminishing. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, hey, give me the shot because they're not as good as everybody thought they were. Mm-hmm. But Coach Wall always said that the absolute best way to gain the starting spot was to work so hard that there's no way the coach could leave you on the bench. So it's not that the other person wasn't still good. Yeah. It's that you had gotten better. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting to me that when, when I have watched that, that throughout my entire career, whether it was as a player, I've been a coach, I've definitely been a fan. And now I've been an official in three different sports. The ones that gain the spot because they got better. Most of the time, one of the things that you find in them is not only did they get better, but they're a better teammate too.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: They're the kid that who's trying to become the starting shortstop, but when the starting shortstop makes an error, hey man, you got the next one. Mm-hmm. You know? You, you got this. You can do this.
0: How about... Oh, I, I'm a shortstop, starting shortstop. Coach, where do you what? What position do you need? Where are mm-hmm. you lacking? Left fielder. All right, I'm going to work on left field for you. Oh, you need you need a relief pitcher? No problem. I could. I'm I'm used to throwing across a diamond. Let me work on my pitching mechanics. How about that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've said this for years as a as a basketball referee. You know, one of the things I've always wanted to do is bring something to the game that no one else is doing. And I see that as the same. If if coordinators are lacking officials with good communication skills, then I am going to work on being a good communicator. Yep, that's where we. That if you want to, you want to find your spot in whatever game you're officiating or whatever business you're working in, and you're working underneath someone, you need to find out what they're lacking. What are you lacking? I'm lacking someone that can, you know. Uh, change the ceiling tiles at seven o'clock at night because I can't get anybody to do it. No problem. I'll be that guy or I'll be that girl. That's where we find success. And then you you get that opportunity. (laughs) He did that. Look at that. I feel so much better. I don't have to worry about that. What else am I lacking? What, how else can this person help? So look look for ways I think. Yeah,
2: and I think that even changes throughout the course of our officiating career mm-hmm. or the course of our work career or whatever. You know, it could be that when you started out in officiating, the reason you got the job is because you were faster, mm-hmm. more athletic, sure. you know, had a look, all that kind of stuff and I mean, you know, when you stepped onto the court or you stepped on the field, everybody went, "Wow, that's mm-hmm. that's a referee or mm-hmm. that's an umpire, right?" And maybe you're 15 years down the road now, and there's other people that have that look better than you, mm-hmm. sure. You know, because mm-hmm. that just happens, right? Yep. Well, what what are you going to do? What are you going to transition? You know, not, maybe it's that communication. Well, you know what? I, I I'm not as fast as I was 15 years ago, but I communicate a heck of a lot better.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not as fast as I was 15 years ago, but man, I know the rules backwards, forward, and sideways. I will not let my crew make a mistake mm-hmm. on this. You know, those kinds of things are things that we can bring to the table that continue to help us keep that starting spot, mm-hmm. even though, well, oh man, I used to, I used to score all the time, but now I'm the best defender and rebounder. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that book, um, uh, it takes what it takes mm-hmm. by Trevor Moet. He talks about when he was working with, uh, an NBA player who was, I forget what it was, you know, forty some years old and still in the game. And, uh, the question came up, you know, Oh, he's getting old or whatever. And he can't, You know, he doesn't dunk anymore, can't dunk anymore. And he's like, I can dunk. I can do that. But I know when I dunk, I'm slower getting back. So I don't dunk Mm -hmm. unless I absolutely have to. I can get a layup and get down on the floor and get back just as much as my competitors are doing. But I'm just laying it up. So... This, this basketball player made the adjustment in order to, because he knew that he was lacking in speed. Mm-hmm. So instead of dunking it, I'll just, I'll lay it in and run back like I'm supposed to. But the, the, the cause of dunking caused more pain and slowed him down a little bit. He just didn't see that was helping his team. And that knew that it was something that he would be, he wouldn't be as good as, as the 22 year old, right? The LeBron James or whoever that is. So, that's where he made the correct decision mm-hmm. where, oh, well, hey, listen, I've always walked on the field and had my physique to, to, ba- to back me up. Well, when you lose your physique, now what are you going to do? you still going to walk on like you got your physique, but you don't?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: No one's going to want you. Yeah. Even though you had a chance to extend your career by 10 or 15 years, maybe even 20, if you decided to, fi- fi- okay, this is where I'm lacking. I'm lacking in physique now, so I'm going to make it up in rules knowledge or I'm going to make it up in strike zone consistency or whatever that might be so yeah
2: no i absolutely agree you know today we kind of wanted today just to be a, a little bit of a conversation and and kind of fill you guys in on a, a couple things that have kind of been going on where we will definitely keep you posted in the weeks ahead boy, about oh uh, about uh jeff's journey back to the dark side
0: if you are assigned a game because i'm going to work uh, you know a couple handful of games this summer just kind yep. of get my you know, some my eyes back to ball yep. strikes and things like that. So, if you listen to this podcast and we are assigned together, please say something. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't keep it a secret. You're like, oh, hey, listen, I listen to your podcast after the game. Yeah, you ain't that good an umpire. You know? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's 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 bringing me back. I, I'm sure I've shared the story before, but back when I was a baseball umpire and a, a well known baseball umpire in the area. Um, I decided to do basketball, and I was doing like a sixth-grade basketball game. And it was like one of my first ones. And, of course, I wasn't very good. And the basketball coach was also a baseball coach. And that basketball coach told me in the basketball game, you're way better at baseball than you are at basketball. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it was the truth. Sure. And now here I am going, you know, I feel like, you know, I've I've really elevated in basketball, you know, now – uh, they're they're going to say, "Hey, you're way better at basketball than you are at baseball." So, I'll I'll, I'll manage me. Man. I think I'm going to work. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm super excited, man.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch, and and I think it's probably going to spark some conversations for us and that kind of thing. Also, you're going to be listening up uh, coming up in just a couple episodes. We're going to be talking specifically about camp life. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of basketball camps are getting ready to hit. Um, Jeff actually helps run a basketball camp. It's Mm -hmm. gonna be taking place in three, four weeks. Uh, And so we wanted to make sure and talk through some of that before we got to camp season. What are the things that you need to be doing? How do you need to prep? Um, What are kind of some best practices Mm -hmm. uh, for you when you're at camps? And uh, we're hoping to bring you some really great information there that we think will be beneficial to you. And for all of you college baseball guys out there, you know that as we are now wrapping up, just a couple weeks left for those people that are going really deep into the postseason. Um, for those of you that wrap it up, you're moving on to college summer woodbat stuff. Uh, but then hitting our camps as well. That'll happen throughout the, the summer and fall. And so I, I think, plan on going. That's right. Yeah. And so I think this is something that'll be really beneficial for a lot of folks as we look at uh, at how we best prepare uh, for next steps.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what you guys can do. You guys, you baseball umpires that are out there preparing, you know, for the end of your season and now you going to start preparing for, preparing for your summer or fall camps. Send in your suggestions for Jeff Cross, who's going to be now – you know, attending this, you know, as we say, I'm going to be a rookie at these baseball camps. What should I be doing? Mm -hmm. Give me some ideas, you know, and I'd love to discuss them and, and discuss them with you, Chad.
2: That's awesome. Send it to uncommon drive podcast at gmail.com along with any other questions, suggestions, that kind of thing that you've got. uh, Do us a favor, leave us a review, uh, give us a rating, And uh, we hope to bring you content that helps as you drive from one place to Mm -hmm. another and have that uncommon push towards success. That's right. See everybody. See you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating.